You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, episode 13 with Everett Taylor. If you're spending any cash or money on marketing without product market fit, you're basically wasting your time. You want to make sure that there is an inflection point where there that you have a product that people actually want and need and that there is a viable uh, market out there for people who want your particular product. And if you haven't gotten your product or service to that point, marketing is, is it's not useless, but it's pretty useless. You're listening to the Trailblazers podcast, where we will explore the stories of successful Black professionals. Join us as we highlight the knowledge, resources, and tools of these accomplished trailblazers to help provide the know-how, confidence, and motivation you need to blaze your trail. And now, here's your host, Stephen Hart. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Trailblazers podcast. Today, I'm pumped to finally have on the show someone I've been reaching out to for more than five or six months now. His name is Everett Taylor, and he's a young, powerful influencer who happens to be an entrepreneur and marketing executive. Presently, he's the founder and CEO of Millicent, named after his mother, Millicent, and leads growth and marketing for new projects at Microsoft. Now, throughout his career... Everett has maintained a strong track record of helping companies grow through creative, data-driven marketing. He's been called a marketing genius by Forbes, a marketing star by Fortune Magazine, a, a visionary businessman by the Huffington Post, and an innovator who's changing the consumer marketing game by Black Enterprise. Everett's formerly served as chief marketing officer for the popular e-commerce company Sticker Mule, and he also started a business website, Growth Hackers, with renowned entrepreneur Sean Ellis and led marketing for the platform, taking it from zero to a thriving community that catapults the ideas and strategies of today's marketers to help them think outside the box and establish their value in the industry. On today's episode, we discussed several topics, which included Everett's inspiration to begin his own marketing firm, who mentored him in his formative years in business, some of the lessons he's learning right now while building Millicent. He talked about a past challenge with growth hackers and what he did to overcome that. We discussed why product market fit is so important to young businesses. He shared some insight on growth hacks for social media and what small business owners can begin to do right now to build their social media communities. We also talked about how he stays motivated and much, much more. We'll be sure to post links to his site, social channels, and all the resources he mentions on the show notes page at tbpod.com slash episode 13. So jump on over, check out those uh, links after listening to today's episode if you'd like to learn more and continue to follow Everett on his journey. So grab a pen and a pad or your note app, and let's go ahead and dive into today's episode. I'm excited to hear what inspires you most. So reach out, tweet me, comment, Facebook. Facebook message me your thoughts when we're done today. I hope you enjoy. Everett, welcome and thank you for coming on today's session. Thank you, man. I'm, I'm happy to be here, brother. So I've shared a little bit about your background in the intro, but could you share something that's not scripted for Huffington Post or Forbes, but it's 100% Everett? 100% me. I'm just a hell-bent workaholic that's, you know, striving for success and still trying to balance out enjoying life outside of work and just being a goofball that I am and, you know, spending time with the people that I care about, man. That's that's what ultimately brings me happiness, man. And so, you know, I work hard and I play hard. And so uh, I try to be a good balance of the two. 
So what, what inspired you to start your own marketing firm? Well, uh, it really was one. I wanted some tax breaks from just, just, uh, <laughs> just doing it under my own name. When I, when I learned about taxes, that hurt. Uh, you know, I, you know, when you, when you start doing consulting personally, you know, you don't realize how, you know, you need to write certain things off because they look at you as your own business, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my first run around, you know, with, with, with consulting was not good. <laughs> and when I saw that money that I owed back to the government, so I started a business and, uh, really I didn't think it would turn into what it turned into, you know, it was supposed to just be like a side project for mm. me. And fortunately it's been able to turn into much, much more. And I'm just blessed to be able to get it to the point that it, that it's gotten to. So thus far. Yeah. You know, you've had a great deal of success um, early on. I'm curious to know, you know, did you have any mentors that actually guided you through your your formative years in business? Not really my formative years. I would say the person that sticks out in my mind is a guy by the name of Morgan Brown. And you'll, you'll hear me speak on him a lot. I just learned a lot of digital marketing philosophy, I would say. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has, what, 15 years more experience than I do. I'm only 26. And so to learn from somebody like that is awesome. But as far as my formative years, I've spoken about this candidly. I didn't really have too many mentors to help me through my formative years of learning business and marketing. I just had to make a lot of mistakes, you know, learn fast fail fast. So that was really my formative years. And I was just fortunate enough to be able to take those lessons learned and and turn them into something positive. Could you maybe share with us some of some of the lessons you're learning right now while you're navigating the those early challenges and failures of actually running Millicent? The the biggest lessons I learned early on was the power of delegation. Mm-hmm. And when a company is your baby, you kind of want to have your hands on everything. You it's hard for you to trust because in your head you have a vision of how things should be and how things should be run ran. And so one of the things I had to learn early on was that I was taking too much responsibility on my own. And it actually sent me down a path of depression and and overwork and just not being happy. And I had to be able to humble myself and be able to put trust in others and hire great people. And, you know, there was a lot of benefit that came from that. You know, if you can find my, I have an 80, 80 percent rule. If you can find someone who can do the job 80 percent as well as you can or more and that frees you up, you know, to do other things, then that shouldn't be an issue. Mm, that's that's interesting. Man, you're you're young, you're smart, you're ambitious, but being as successful as as you are at such an early age, uh, as you echoed a moment ago, you know, I I'm sure you had to be more willing to fail faster than the rest of us so you could attain some of the success you have today. Right. Could you could you tell me a story about a failure or a challenge in the past in marketing or entrepreneurship and share with me what you did to actually overcome that? Interesting. I have so many. I would say I'll, I'll use growth hackers for an example for marketing. Um, that was that was a tough challenge for me. It was the first time I really had to build a product or build up a product marketing wise from scratch outside of the company that I started when I was in school. And I didn't get any marketing spend from it. And uh, I wasn't offered any marketing spend. And we had to just build this thing organically and really growth hack the hell out of it, not to be meta. 
And it was really tough. You know, I had to put a lot of hours in. I had to really break down how to creatively grow this thing without having any funding or backing from anything to do marketing with. And, you know, it really taught me how to work smarter and not harder. Um, I was putting so much time into it and really using data in a way to creatively um, make marketing strategies that you don't have to spend money uh, was was something that really helped me. Um, and having someone like Dylan Lacombe, who was right there in the trenches with me. But it was a tough time, man. It was really tough when you're trying to grow something and it's not growing and you're really trying to find every way possible to grow it. And, you know, you're you're A-B testing and you're trying out different strategies. And it really is that failing fast, learning fast mentality that really got me over the hump, you know, and, and, and being able to put in time to learn how to be better at what I did as a marketer as well. Appreciate that. So, you know, I've been following you on Twitter for about six months now. Okay. Uh, I know you're someone that preaches product market fit. Right. Could you... Could you talk to us about what that means to you and why it's so important that other budding entrepreneurs get that right? Yeah. Here's the thing. If you're spending any cash or money on marketing without product market fit, you're basically wasting your time. You want to make sure that there is an inflection point where there that you have a product that people actually want and need and that there is a viable uh, market out there for people who want your particular product. And if you haven't gotten your product or service to that point, marketing is is it's not useless, but it's pretty useless. And so mm-hmm. you need to put more effort into developing that product, doing market research, the development of what your customers want and need. You really need to focus on that before you really put a lot of money into marketing. Mm-hmm. So... You talked about growth hacks a minute ago. What are some of the growth hacks for social media and for marketing your own brand in general that's allowed you to build brand awareness among your target audience without costing a ton of money? Growth hacks for social? Really? You know, there's there's really not any surefire hacks. It really all depends on your business. One of the things I tell people all the time is targeted interactions with your target audience, which means finding people who are a best fit for your company. So say you're, you open up a sneaker boutique online, right? Then you want to target people that are talking about Air Jordans. You want to target people who are talking about the Yeezys. You want to interact with these people. You want to follow these people. You want to like their content. You want to interact with those people. And those people are going to become fans of yours. They're going to become curious of what you're doing. They're going to follow you. And so those that's one of the things that I don't see a lot of brands doing is taking the time to do that targeted marketing on social media. Um, and it's super, super effective. And I think it's literally the most effective hack that you that you can possibly do on social media. And there's different tools like Mention and uh, Crowdfire and Status Brew and all these that you can really check out where you can find these people online to interact with them. So what's the benefit on the back end? So you you have a, a influence so that you get to interact and engage with the unfollow you. Are you basically tapping into their herd? Yeah, really, really just oh, tapping into their herd, really breaking into their communities. And so, you know, you're breaking into communities, whether it's on social media, whether you're finding communities online. Uh, for instance, if you're a marketer and you have marketing software, 
then you're going to go to communities like growthhackers.com. You're going to go to communities like inbound.org and, and things like that because you are moz.com because you want to infiltrate those communities because those are the people that are going to buy your product and care about your service. Dude, I'm, I'm amazed at the size of your social following and you know how you've been able to garner the amount of press and media attention to your brand. How did you build uh, an audience that large and how could business owners build a respectable social community and gain the attention of the media to help grow their business and drive revenue? Well, I mean, it's, it's very different how you grow a, a personal brand and a business brand. As In terms of my personal brand, I was actually just talking to someone about this today. It was really me it had really nothing to do with what I was doing on social at first. You know, I was always behind the scenes and working with somebody like Sean Ellis, who is like the godfather of growth hacking and startup marketing, you know, working for someone like that in my association with him obviously got me noticed, but it was the work that I was doing at companies like Qualaru, companies like uh, Growth Hackers and Sticker Mule, where people were like, man, this guy is a young guy who is doing awesome things. And I started to get that respect within the marketing community, which really grew my audience, right? Mm-hmm. But also yeah. at the same time, I was also someone that was outspoken, who wasn't afraid to speak on social issues. So at the same time as I'm growing, you know, marketing people that are doing the same craft startup audience, I'm also growing a Black Lives Matter audience, a feminist audience, people who, you know, uh, gay, lesbian rights, like all these different things that, you know, I feel passionately about because I'm able to speak out on those things. And Twitter has given me the platform. And when you when you say really interesting or solid things, those things will get tweeted. Those things will get go viral. And uh, it allowed me to continue to, to build that up. And I think the inflection point really for me was when I became CMO of Sticker Mule, because it's like this guy is a 25-year-old black male who's CMO of one of the most profitable startups, e-commerce companies out here. And, you know, for me to have the success that I did, and it brought a lot of attention my way. And so I started doing like little podcasts or little blog interviews, right? And that compounded onto one another where you do something small and then you get something a little bit bigger. The same goes for like conferences and speaking engagements. You do small things and it just compounds and gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And then before you you know it is just like crazy you're speaking at conferences in front of thousands of people you're being featured in Forbes or Inc magazine you know your things just kind of you know spiral out from there that's crazy to me I was like blown when I <laughs> saw that you, you've become a CMO at such a young age it's pretty crazy yeah so with all you have you know happening how do you keep from falling into comfort zones with your work and you know what are you doing to motivate and push yourself to new and higher height well the first first of all I'm just wired that way, man. I have always been that way. I've always been very self-motivated and I never really needed external motivation. Of course, I use external motivation. Of course, I use people that doubt me and things like that to to motivate me even more. But I'm just wired that way. I'm always going to be ambitious. I'm always going to be aggressive when it comes to, you know, being successful and being aggressive with the work that I do. Yeah, there there isn't a lot that that I need to to really get me started. But hey, if people want to give me some extra motivation, then I'll take that, too. Um, But yeah, I'm not I don't lack from lack of motivation. 
um, on a daily basis. That's pretty cool, man. So what can we look forward to, you know, with, with you? Are there any big dreams or goals on the vision board for the next 10 years and beyond that you care to share? Man, I'm like, I'm 26. And you know what's so interesting about startups is I love startups. It's giving me the platform to be able to grow quickly and, and learn so much. But um, there becomes like kind of a glass ceiling that you hit as far as learning, mm-hmm. especially when you're an exec, right? You're an exec. And, you know, people are looking to you to learn from you and not so much you have the opportunity to learn. And so at this point in my career, you know, I want to continue building and working on awesome products. I want to learn a lot because I still feel like I have a lot to learn. And, you know, it takes humility to be able to admit that, you know, um, especially with my brand and people calling me all these, you know, amazing things. And I'm like, man, I still want to learn. I still have a lot to learn, a lot of experience to gain. And uh, yeah, that that's the, the big thing for me. But eventually I want to, and I'm, I've already started working on it, uh, a nonprofit. And uh, that's what I really want to do. My dream is to one day to run a very, very successful nonprofit and really give back to the people. So, you know, hopefully I'll get on that path and, you know, make that happen. That's pretty cool, man. So, you know, we're nearing the end of today's session. But we'd love to have you share some resources with our listeners and help them sharpen their minds and be able to look to resources they might not have explored before, right? So what's one book you've read in the past year that inspired you? One book in the past year that has inspired me, I think it will probably be Hooked by Nir Eyal, um, mm. um, also written with Ryan Hoover, who's the founder over there, Product Hunt, um, it really gets into the meat and potatoes of, you know, how people's minds work and the psychological factors of really um, making people happy and customers happy and things like that. And I think we get so caught up, especially with like growth hacking and digital marketing, we get so caught up in the data, right? We get so caught up in being technical and we forget that a large part of what we do as entrepreneurs really is about people and understanding people at the end of the day. So I think that was an awesome book. Mm. What's something small you've done this month that you're proud of? Small this month that small. Oh, I've taken out an hour every day to mentor someone differently uh, this past month. Ah. Well, I've been doing it for a long time, but it's something small that I do on a daily basis is try to take an hour out of my day when I eat lunch to mentor and guide and help people when I can. And it's crazy because people, you know, I get so many people contact me on a daily basis for help and I can't get to everybody. But, you know, I try to get to as many people as I can. That's awesome, man. Can a trailblazer have too many goals? Trailblazer have too many goals. There's no such thing as too many goals, but you need to know you need to know how to consolidate your goals and how to really focus. You know, um, I have tons of goals, but I make sure that I structure them in a way where you know I'm not too overwhelmed by them, and that I set you know realistic paths to achieve my goals. Right, that's important. Now, name an online resource. Could be an app, software, tool that you use every day in your business and you can't live without it. Um, any, honestly, analytical platforms, uh, obviously Google Analytics, but Kissmetrics and, you know, different platforms like that, um, Mixpanel. It really depends on the client we're using. You know, those analytical platforms are absolutely needed. When I wake up in the morning, I actually check Google Analytics. 
on my phone. Mm. So absolutely need it. And Google Calendar. If it wasn't for the Google Calendar app, I would be completely lost. I, I stand with you on that. So you touched on it a moment ago, but why is it important to volunteer and give back of your time, talents, and treasures? Because at the end of the day, you can't be all about you. And you have to leave a mark on this world that's bigger than yourself. And you find so much inspiration and motivation and passion from, you know, helping others. At least I do. And Mm -hmm. so that's something that really, you know, gets me going and motivates me and helps me uh, feel like I'm doing something bigger than myself. So I think it's very important to help those when you can. And, you know, for for me as an African-American, it's even more important because a lot of people don't see people in my position. And I know when I was growing up, I didn't see anyone like myself. And so I know it's important for little black boys and girls to to be able to connect with someone like myself. Absolutely. We invite our guests at the end of each interview to take a couple minutes to impart some actionable wisdom tips, strategies, or it could just be a motivational message that can help them begin to elevate their game right away. So could you just take a couple minutes and help us blaze our trail? Yeah. Be about relentless self-improvement, whether it's, you know, taking just one hour or 30 minutes out of your day to improve your craft, to really get better at what you do. You know, Mm -hmm. those times where you're just sitting around and watching TV or those times that you're not really putting in work um, when you could be. um, Those are the times that you should really, really narrow, you know. Strap, strap it down and, and, and really get to work and really improving yourself. Even someone like myself, I make sure that I dedicate time to really self-improving myself. I appreciate that, man. That's, that's really important. I uh, hope everyone listening is taking some good notes throughout this call, some good knowledge shared. Before we let you go, I just wanted to take a minute to acknowledge you. Everett, I think you're an amazing young mind and one that's going to have great impact on many young lives in the years ahead. And I'm amazed by your wisdom at 26, your ambition and abilities, right? And I'm really grateful for the dedication and drive you have to push through, you know, a lot of the fears and, and, um, and challenges that you mentioned earlier to be able to achieve the success you're experiencing now. So thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk with us tonight. You know, tell our community how we can stay connected to you and we'll go ahead and wrap up for today. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. It's just my name at Everett, E-V-E-R-E-T-T-E. And you can also find me on Facebook, uh, Everett Taylor, and then Snapchat, also my name, Everett Taylor. Um, I'm there, so just holler at me. Thank you so very much for taking the time, man. All right, thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much, man. All right, Everett. All right, man, take care. Well, that's it for today. Thanks again for listening to this episode of the Trailblazers podcast. I hope everyone is on fire and ready to begin taking some action today towards building something you're passionate about. Or if you're a business owner, you know, begin taking and putting Everett's tips on following and engaging with top influencers in social media into action right now. If you're on Twitter, I'd love you to shoot me a tweet at TVPod and tell me what you love most about today's episode. I'm going to post links to Everett's recommendation for books, resources, and his own social channels on our show notes page at tvpod.com slash episode 13. Now, if you enjoyed this episode, we need your help. Open a social media post or an email right now. Please tell, you know, a couple family members, friends, or coworkers about the podcast and invite them to listen to this episode or maybe another episode you think might impact them most. We have been steadily growing week over week on our podcast reach and our download numbers, and you are definitely helping us get the word out 
and putting these very powerful messages and stories from each of these interviews in front of those who these messages have the power to have the greatest impact with. Someone listening to Everett's story today just might be changed by his message and go on to change the world for many others in the process. So once again, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Tune in next Monday. We will bring you another amazing story, this time about Clarence Wooten, a businessman and an investor who's had several successful startups, including one he sold for $23 million. Don't miss out on his amazing wisdom shared in episode 14. Guys, your time is right now. So rise above, go way beyond and pursue your greatest you today.